Welcome to Working for Women, the independent women's forum podcast, where we are changing the conversation about women and public policy for the better. Welcome. I'm Carrie Lucas, president of IWF, and I'm here today with IWF Julie Gunlock. Julie, thanks so much for being on with me. Thanks for having me. Great. And Julie, we're going to be talking about um, soda restrictions. Um, I'm really interested to hear about this. I feel like this is one of those issues uh, that that pops into the news every once in a while. It always seems like something that policymakers are are interested in. But can you tell us a little bit about what's going on in Connecticut? Yeah, well, you're right. We've seen these things over and over again. Politicians never seem to... um, really look at whether these things work. They just keep introducing them in different states and different localities. Um, the most famous one was was uh, Mayor Bloomberg, who instituted a, um, it, it was kind of odd, it was a restriction on the size of soda uh, that could be purchased. Um, of course, he didn't eliminate the ability to buy multiple sodas, so people could still drink as much um, soda as they wanted, but they had to spend more. Um, and it was it was found to be unconstitutional. A, uh, a judge in New York um, dismissed or, or rather overturned the restriction. And so that went away. And then we've seen a variety of taxes. Chicago had a big soda tax and Philadelphia has a big soda tax. And um, these things have been utter failures. It hasn't really moved the needle on obesity at all. Um, and we have a lot of studies that show um, that, that when you tax or try to restrict soda, people will simply switch to another sugary or alcohol, alcoholic um, beverage. A, a, a really interesting study out of Dartmouth, they, they um, artificially raised the price of some sodas to see how that w- would affect the marketplace and the sales of beer went through the roof. So people will find calorie replacements. It doesn't necessarily need to be soda. Maybe they'll, they'll drink more sugary Starbucks drinks or juices or, or other things. So, um, so, you know, they never seem, politicians never seem to learn from this. Um, and people who analyze it and watch these trends are constantly saying, hey, guys, uh, this really isn't helping with the obesity crisis. Apparently that hasn't really made, that, in, that news hasn't made it to Connecticut. In Connecticut they have introduced a new bill um, that would take sodas uh, and other high sugar drinks like juices um, and chocolate milk off menus in restaurants. So restaurants would literally be banned from offering these um, these drinks on their menus. Um, now, the idea behind this, or really the, the motivation behind this, is to uh, help reduce childhood obesity. Um, this will do nothing uh, to, to help with childhood obesity. And what's most galling about this to me is that it's a one-size-all sort of solution, right? So it, it bans it. It doesn't just ban it for the kids who have a weight problem. It bans it for everyone. And I, Carrie, you know, we're good friends. I mean, you know my kids and I have kids that are, all of them are officially underweight. Well, I have one child who's severely underweight and we try so hard to get him to, you know, we, so, we try so hard to get calories into this kid. And so the idea that I would go to a restaurant and the children's meal, which are usually, it comes with a drink, I would then need to order a drink off the 
adult menu in order to get him like a chocolate milk, something that will give him the calories. So um, it's kind of, it punishes people, and frankly, it punishes really poor people the most who would probably have trouble going to the adult menu and ordering a full-size you know, chocolate milk or an adult-size chocolate milk um, instead of just getting the kid's meal, which comes with a drink. Um, so again, these are, these are, you know, look, you can say that these are well-meaning, these politicians are trying to tackle these issues, um, but it's, it's really silly and it does nothing, and, and there are a lot of, you know, obesity is a complex issue, and instead of really addressing the reasons kids are, are obese, um, they do these sort of gestures um, and things that not only harm um, the consumer, but harm you know, the restaurant industry, which, of course, has to comply with this new law. You know, it's, it's funny because as it was so, I would, as you were talking about this, and I, I hadn't read much about it yet, um, I was wondering, so I said, well, if, you know, how are you going to ban it for kids if you're not going to ban it for, or if you're not going to ban it for adults, um, since there's such an obvious, easy workaround to get your, right. you know, if, you, if you were going to get your kid, if you, you wanted to get Jack of Juice, you would, um, you could just order one from, um, from that menu. The adult it's menu. Just, Right. Yeah. Which well, it's not only that. that. It's all, it's not only that. Look, you know, it's this idea that the only thing that causes obesity is a beverage. I mean, kids are also eating pepperoni pizza. Okay. Kids are also ordering chicken fingers and French fries. I mean, you know, if you want to yeah. look at the kids' menus in these, I mean, I actually have to order my son. My middle son loves salads, and so I mean, there's never a salad on a kids' menu. Now, you could say, well, and and I'm fine with that. That is the market speaking. Not a lot of kids want salad, and I'm happy to order that off the adult menu. Um, but you know, the idea that that is the only thing that it's the soda is the only thing causing obesity is absurd. It's it's a it's an easy target. You know, it's it's sort of one of these. You know, who are the big bad companies out there? And, and, you know, obviously big soda is thought to be, oh, you're, you know, all you do is provide nutritionally empty products out there. And so it's, it's better for a, a politician to attack big bad soda rather than talk about the real reasons for childhood obesity, which I've written about this for years. It is largely due to instability in the home. Um, children yeah. whose parents put them to sleep on time, um, limit their screen time and have dinner, a family dinner at least five times a week those children have lower rates of obesity. So, of course, politicians don't want to talk about that, right? They don't want to talk about yeah. the failures of the American family. It's much easier to go, well, it's Coke's fault or it's Pepsi's fault. Yeah. Is it, you know, it's interesting as you say that because it's also um, the question of targeting this idea of not having uh, a happy meal or having your kids you know, able to, to when they're in a, have access to these products when they're in a restaurant. Um, it seems as though that's, got, that's really taking you know, a very kind of bizarre focus on on one small avenue for kids right. getting getting happy meal, you know, getting their happy meal or whatever, their yeah. juice there. Because I, I would assume that that most of the the, the consumption of you know, because obviously I think it's you know it probably is you know it's better parents shouldn't just be, you know, most parents, especially if you do have children that are you struggling with, with weight issues um or or too heavy, uh, you should be careful about not uh, you know sure. having them drink drink water instead of juice, you know, not having soda, things like that. We yeah. I you know I try obviously a mom um, I try to, I, um, you know, juice is really something that we have a special occasion. I don't, don't let my kids drink soda almost ever. But, um, but, uh, but that's something that, you know, the restaurant is the one place where I might say, okay, sure, right. let's have a, you know, have a Coke. It's, you know, enjoy whatever. It's, um, it's right. a special occasion. Because going to a restaurant for us is a special occasion with, with the kids. It seems yeah. as though if there's a problem with sugary drink consumption, it's going to be one that's at home, not when you're at, you know, that's whatever exactly restaurant. Right. That's exactly right. Yeah. And look, this is the thing, you know, the, the, you know, there's all, also this idea that, oh, it's, uh, 
you know, the obesity problem is really, you know, within um, poor populations, the poor demographic of families. And the truth, and they, you know, and they, there are all these snide comments that these public health people make. Oh, these people, they go to McDonald's all the time and they order these, you know, big gulp drinks. I don't think big gulp actually <laughs> exists anymore, but you get the point. These big, big, large yeah. sugary sodas. And it's interesting, Share Our Strength, which is a, a very well-known anti-hunger organization that works in poor populations and help, works to help them um, with their food needs. Um, they did a poll many years ago, but it's still relevant today, where it found that um, those who live at or under the poverty line only go out to eat about once a week, and it's a real treat for them. And so they're not eating um, at restaurants very much. And this goes back to your issue or your point that, you know, look, what there there could be some um, dietary problems within the home. Um, and how do you address that? Well, again, it gets back to these family issues. I think there are ways to help with childhood obesity. And what frustrates me so much is there's never an educational campaign. There's never talking to parents about what actually helps kids stay at healthy weights. And if I think parents knew that sitting down to a family dinner, and I'm not talking about, you know, you know, really fancy stuff. I'm saying if you boil some rice and have, you know, some chicken and maybe some boiled broccoli, I mean, just simple food. It's the point of parents sitting down with the kids and having conversations. Sometimes I don't eat. I'm just standing there at the kitchen counter and I'm feeding my kids, but I'm talking to them. If you limit your children's uh, screen time. We all know that kids are spending way too much time on screens. This is another part of the problem. Nobody's talking about the lack of activity. The latest polling shows that kids are spending less than like a half an hour. One World Wildlife Fund poll showed, um, they polled kids, showed that kids were getting on, on average about seven minutes um, playing outside, running around, getting fresh air and physical exercise. And so why does no one talk about that? I mean, part of the problem for that, of course, is we live in a really overly nervous world where parents, some parents actually prefer their kids to be inside playing video games because they're so spooked about predators or, oh, their kid could get kidnapped, which of course is not going to happen. Um, but, you know, so we have this culture where it's, 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 I think some parents really prefer their kids not to get out there and exploring things, but this contributes to the obesity problem. And again, we're not talking about that, about the lack of physical activity among our kids among, and, and, the, and the fact that they might might be eating unhealthy food at home and have unstable uh, family dynamics. That Those are the things we need to focus on and really get educational campaigns going. I mean, I, I don't think we really need to spend much money on educational campaigns, but if we're going to do any kind of government involvement in this, I think, you know, t explaining to parents that their actions matter would be a lot better than some arbitrary ban of one, one ingredient, sugar, on restaurant menus. Yeah, you know, Julie, I think that that's I, I appreciate it. I think like we can you know boil this down to to some simple simple you know facts. You know, make make sure your kids go outside and run around. Um, you know, for a while every single day. Don't let them watch too too much TV or play too much on the the iPad or their their phones. You eat with them and make sure they're eating generally healthy. And then you have, go to a restaurant, have some fun. You know, enjoy yeah, <laughs> having a, a sugar treat. Yeah, yeah. yeah put them to put bed them, at a normal time. Put them to bed, them to bed at a normal nice. time. Look, I don't know why parents don't do this. Who wants a kid up at ten o'clock at night? My God, I can't wait for my kids to go to sleep. So you're right. Those are some simple steps, and those are the things that are gonna gonna work uh, to keep kids healthy. And well, Julie, thank you so much for this, and thank you to the listeners out there. Um, that please come and visit us at iwf.org. Make sure if you like this podcast, give us a thumbs up and come back and see us again. 
Um, come visit us at iwf.org where all issues are women's issues. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, please give it a thumbs up, share it on social media, or stop by iwf.org for similar content. 